Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of Luke's English Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to tell you all of the details of a new competition which I'm about to launch, which means that you, if you enter the competition, you stand a chance of winning uh, the magnificent Macmillan Phrasal Verbs Dictionary, which I won uh, recently, just earlier this year. So I've received the dictionary in the post. It's brilliant. It's really good. Um, and so I'm offering it to one of you, uh, one of my listeners, uh, so that you can stand a chance of winning this dictionary. And I, if you win, I will send it to you. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to tell you all the details of that competition and how to apply for it and how it's all going to work. And then I'm actually going to teach you loads of phrasal verbs which I've taken from the dictionary. Um, I'm, and... Um, Phrasal verbs that start with A, B, or C. So I'm going to start. I'm going to take you through some of the most useful common phrasal verbs in the first part of the Macmillan phrasal. I can't speak. Can't even speak my own language. Phrasal verb dictionary. Okay. All right. So let me tell you a few things about the dictionary. Um, first of all, it's like really, really well researched and. Um, full of really useful information, not just lists of uh, phrasal verbs, but all sorts of other stuff, for example, all about um, how phrasal verbs work, so the structure of them, the different types, whether they can be separated or not separated, um, exactly what uh, the most common prepositions are in uh, phrasal verbs, and it teaches you, for example, all about all the expressions which use the words up or down or to or from, or with, or something, and it explains the whole thing in a lot of detail. So if you get this book, and you kind of read it, and you study it carefully, you could go on to become a really, really um, good speaker of English with lots of really nat uh, natural um, language. Because that's one of the things about English, is that um, it's difficult because of all these phrasal verbs, and also other phrases or combinations of words. Some people say, in fact, that English is really... Um, sort of very heavy in its vocabulary, lots and lots of vocabulary. And what you find is that these words tend to stick together in little groups or chunks of language. So you get these sort of verb forms where you have verb followed by an infinitive with two or verb followed by, um, uh, let's say, a gerund or something, or verb followed by a preposition plus a gerund or verb, preposition, infinitive, all sorts of interesting combinations and little structures. Phrasal verbs are very typical of that. So, verb plus a preposition or a, or possibly an adverb. Um, so, you know, um, to catch up, for example, uh, is, is an example of a phrasal verb. Okay. Now, in this dictionary um, as well, you have um, it, it, one of the most useful things about it is that it teaches you the most common phrasal verbs. So you don't just get lists of phrasal verbs and definitions, but it tells you which of those phrasal verbs are really common. So it puts those in red, red ink. 
and then if and then it gives them a star rating for how often they're used. So the red phrasal verbs with three stars are really really commonly used. So what I've done is I've gone through the first three letters, so A, B, and C, and I've uh, just sort of selected some uh, phrasal verbs uh, which are red with three stars, some of the really common, really useful ones, and I'm going to teach them to you uh, in the second half of this podcast after I've told you all about this competition. Okay, and I'm going to teach those phrasal verbs to you in that interesting way where I just talk about subjects and I try to use all of the phrasal verbs and you have to try and identify them and spot them and then at the end I'll actually go through the whole list and I'll define and explain all of the expressions that I've used. So not only do you have a fantastic chance to learn loads of really natural vocabulary, you get a chance to win the dictionary itself and also you can just improve your listening uh, by just listening to the whole episode. So that's what you can expect from this one. Um, what else do I have to say? I think that's it. I think it's basically it uh, as an introduction. So let's move on to um, this competition thing. Now, if you've been following Luke's English podcast for the last few months, and I'm sure that you're aware that I've won this competition, it was, a, it was set up by Macmillan Dictionaries, um, their kind of website, their blog, uh, and it gave uh, listeners the chance to vote for their favourite websites and blogs for learning English on the internet. And luckily enough, Luke's English Podcast was voted the number one uh, blog for learning English on the internet, which is really great. I'm really, really pleased. And as a prize, I won the dictionary, okay? So I thought, well, what shall I do uh, with this dictionary? I mean, obviously I don't need to, I don't really need it because I can already speak English. I could use it uh, for podcast episodes like this, but I actually, I actually already own a phrasal verbs dictionary. I've got like, two or three phrasal verbs dictionaries actually. So I don't really need it, so I thought why not offer it to one of my listeners. So I'm going to set up a competition and you have a chance to win. Okay, so what are the details of the competition? It sounds like this. Um, Okay, I've been thinking about this for a long time because I want to get it right. I'm still not completely sure it's right, but it doesn't matter, I'm going to launch it anyway. So the competition is... um, You, as a listener, you have an opportunity to send me a response to one of my podcast episodes. But don't do it in writing. I want you to record uh, yourself talking for maybe one or two minutes, maximum two minutes. Um, Now, I'm keeping it short just because I know I might get a few um, responses to this. I hope so. I mean, I might get no responses at all, and that might be a bit embarrassing. But I'll probably get a few people sending in recordings of themselves. So I want you to give me a response to an episode of Luke's English Podcast in the form of an audio recording of you speaking and talking about your opinions and your personal response to any of my episodes. Just pick an episode that you like or an episode that you think was, is interesting and record yourself talking about that episode for about two minutes, okay? Now, once you've done that, you can save it in MP3 format or uh, some similarly compressed file. Uh, You can record it using sort of just basic voice recording software on your computer. I I imagine most people have got that. Uh, If not, then you can actually download a really good piece of software free, and that's called Audacity. And um, you spell that um, A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. Audacity. So if you go to Google and type Audacity free download and you've got a microphone, you should be able to record 
uh, yourself talking. Make sure that the recording is nice and loud and really clear so that everyone can hear it. And you, once you've finished your recording and you're happy with it, I want you to send it to me. So you can email it to me. If it's just a two-minute recording, the file size shouldn't be too big. So just email it to me at luketeacher at hotmail.com. You can find that email address on my website. Um, email uh, that to me, and I'd like you to include some details with your message, please. So I'd like you to tell me your name and where you come from. I think that's it. That's, that's all you need to do. Just tell me your name and where you come from. Um, and if you like, you can explain your response um, if you want to. But basically, just send me your name, where you're from, and the MP3 of you speaking. Um, I would prefer it, actually, if you didn't write a script. Um, I imagine that you'll probably write down your speech or write down a script first. But I'd rather you didn't do that. Um, so please, if you can, try to write some notes on a piece of paper and just sort of improvise by referring to those notes. Don't write a script because it's not very natural. This is something I always tell my students when they're preparing presentations. Uh, because they always just write a script of everything they're going to say. But I really don't recommend that you do that because it just comes across as really unnatural. It's just someone reading a script and it's like a robot or something. And secondly, um, if you forget your lines, for example, if you're trying to remember the script and you forget what you, was, uh, what you had written, that's going to really mess up your presentation. Um, so don't write a script, don't memorise a script, just write some notes, think about what you want to say, think about the basic message that you want to communicate and then just record yourself don't read from a script, okay? Um, so send me the MP3 with your name and where you come from. And then um, the closing date for this competition is exactly one month from the publication date of this podcast. So that will be sometime, something like, when is that going to be? Something like the 10th of April, I think. So uh, just one month from the publication date of this episode. So that's the closing date. So anything that you send to me after that date um, won't qualify. So you've got one month uh, to prepare this, okay? Um, so all of the uh, recordings which I receive, I will listen to and I will put them into a compilation podcast. Um, so every piece of recording I get, I'm going to edit it all together into one or maybe two episodes of the podcast so that your recording will be published in an episode of Luke's English Podcast. Um, I will introduce you with your name and your country, and then everyone will listen to uh, your two minutes. Um, don't, don't be nervous about that. Just join the fun. Just join the fun, basically. Have a bit of fun with it. And that way, everyone's going to listen to everyone else's responses. And then at the end, uh, you have an opportunity to vote for your favourite message. Okay? Now, that's your favourite message. It doesn't have to mean the best English, okay? So it's not just the best English, but what's your favourite message? So it could be one that you really agree with, or one that you find really funny, one that you find very interesting, one that you think is just really original. Um, so, you know, go for it. Just give it a try. Record two minutes of yourself. Send it to me. I'll put them all into a podcast. You will get a chance to listen to them all, and then you can send me your votes. Now, to vote... Um, well, I'll talk about voting later, but that will probably involve writing comments on uh, the, the uh, podcast and so on. Um, okay, so that's the competition. I hope that's clear. Just to summarise that again, two minutes of audio you're going to record. 
a response to one of my episodes. It must be a response to one of the episodes. So by that I mean, if you listen to the episode about vampires, for example, and you wanted to say something about vampires because you think that subject is very interesting, record two minutes of you talking about vampires. And if that's interesting and original and funny and so on, then um, you know other listeners might vote for you and you could win the dictionary. Okay? I think this is a really great opportunity as well for you listeners, um, all the, the, the growing community of listeners to Luke's English podcast that I have in the world. It's a great opportunity for you to actually kind of interact with each other and send each other some messages and talk to each other. I think that's a really interesting idea. So I'm really looking forward to getting your MP3s of you describing a response to one of my episodes and I'll collect them together and I'll put them into a, a podcast which everyone else can listen to. Okay, so that's the competition. I think that's pretty much it. You can read all the details of that competition again on my website which is http colon forward slash forward slash teacherluke.podomatic.com Okay, now the next part of this podcast is all, uh, it's all about phrasal verbs. Now as I said in the earlier uh, part of this episode, I'm using the dictionary which I won and I've selected uh, some of the most common, most useful phrasal verbs uh, in the A, B, C sections of the dictionary. Now, what I'm going to do is just try and talk now. I'm just going to continue to talk in a natural way um, about anything, about London or something. And I'm going to try and use all of these um, phrasal verbs which I've noted down here. And there's loads. There's absolutely loads. There must be something like 30 or 40 phrasal verbs here. It's got to be in the region of 30 or 40. I've got, my, I've got a cup of tea here and a... I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm going to take a nice slurp of this tea because it's sitting there and I haven't drunk any for about 10 minutes. So I'm just going to enjoy my cup of tea while you think about something like 30 or 40 phrasal verbs that begin with A, B or C that you're going to hear me describe. So once I've stopped um, slurping my tea, I'm going to just start talking naturally about stuff. And in that uh, speech, I'm going to include uh, phrasal verbs that begin with A, B and C. And when I've finished... I'll tell you which ones I described, um, but while you're listening, you can try to identify or spot uh, the phrasal verbs as I use them. Okay, so I'm just going to drink my tea now. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good. English breakfast tea, even though it's actually um, in the evening now, but English breakfast tea with a, with a dash of milk. A good, strong English breakfast. Um, they call it builder's tea, uh, some people. It's the kind of strong, dark uh, tea that builders drink with quite a lot of milk. Um, it's it's good though. I absolutely love it. It's great with a biscuit. Um, you can dip your biscuit into the uh, into the tea, um, or maybe some cake, something like that. That's always good. By the way, I haven't actually started using any of the phrasal verbs yet. I don't know if you uh, are kind of thinking which well, where are the phrasal verbs that begin with A, B, and C. I haven't started yet because I haven't finished drinking my tea. So like I said, once I, once I finish this, this tea, then now I'm going to start, and then you can try and find uh, these phrasal verbs, okay? So I'm still drinking. Mmm. Ah, that's good. Just what the doctor ordered. Mmm. Ah, lovely. Nice cup of tea. Right, now I'm ready. I'm ready to start now, okay? Uh, okay, right, so I had to just talk and try and include the phrasal verbs in a natural way. I wonder if you can spot them as I'm using them. So I'm sitting here um, at the desk where I normally record the podcast, either at the desk or at the uh, sofa. And um, 
I've got a great view of London. I can actually look out across London. I've talked about this before, um, but I am, I'm really pleased with this view, which probably accounts for the fact that I have talked about this view quite a lot of times. Uh, but I really, really do like it. Um, um, so I, you know, I, what I do is I sit here after work and I look out the window and look at London and all the cars whizzing along the streets. And I kind of just get ideas, I get inspiration uh, for episodes of the podcast or for lessons that I'm going to teach. And then I just kind of act on those um, ideas and write some things down and then record a podcast for you to listen to. Um, so, you know, then, of course, you can listen to it. You can kind of think to yourself, oh, do I agree with this? Do I disagree with this? Uh, you know, where do I stand on the topic that he's talking about? And what do I think, you know? And if you agree with it, you might um, write a comment, perhaps, on the page somewhere. Uh, you could share it with um, your friends on Facebook or something like that. Um, so, uh, because, you know, the Luke's English podcast really appeals to... Uh, quite a lot of people. It's, well, it's a certain type of person, I think, that my podcast appeals to. And that's probably sort of young-ish, although I do have some middle-aged listeners as well, and, and kind of teenagers listen to this too. But generally, it's sort of 20s or 30s, um, sort of independent-minded person, uh, someone who um, is, you know, not afraid to do their own thing when it comes to learning. So that means that they, uh, they, they don't just go to a school and expect the school to do all the work. They actually go out and try and find sources of English for themselves. And they go search on the internet and find something like Luke's English Podcast. So it really suits the sort of person who has a kind of uh, responsibility for their own learning. And I think we all agree that if you have that sense of responsibility over your own learning, then you will genuinely learn well. If you don't just expect teachers to, to do all the work for you, if you kind of take control and you uh, download episodes of the podcast and listen to them yourself in your free time, those are the people who, who really benefit from this. So um, um, it's great as well. It's great having lots of listeners around the world and they post messages on my you know Facebook wall and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's great. You know, when I was in the competition, everyone really backed me up. Um, and they, they gave me lots of support and voted for me and stuff, which is really cool. Um, um, I guess the podcast is kind of famous for a few things, like the jingles at the beginning and the end of the episodes. They're, they're kind of like um, quite uh, classic symbols of Luke's English podcast. You know, that's, that loop, that do 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 you know, that, that jingle, which, which I had at the beginning. Um, Often a podcast, well, a podcast will always begin with that that jingle, um, and so you know people people starting to get really fond of it now and uh, really enjoying listening uh, to it. So that's great, and it really fills me full of pride when I sit here at my window looking out at the the night sky of London with all of the beautiful lights and uh, cars and stuff and sh shops and restaurants and things like that. Um, also, when I when I'm sitting here, I can see lots of uh, aeroplanes in the sky because I'm not far from Heathrow Airport. So often I can see a big line of aeroplanes as they come into Heathrow, which is one of the busiest airports in Europe. Um, and as I, I sit here as well, I watch uh, thunderstorms across London with lightning. I've seen incredible lightning across the sky from this window. I've seen before planes flying through uh, thunderclouds and being struck by lightning as they fly through, genuinely. The planes get hit by lightning, and the lightning continues and then goes down to the ground. It's absolutely stunning. Apparently the planes don't get damaged at all by it because they're protected, they're insulated. But I sometimes see lightning 
coming out of a cloud, hitting a plane and hitting the ground. It's absolutely stunning. It really is. And I see lightning going all the way across the sky sometimes if there's a big thunderstorm. Sometimes I wonder if I sit here, will I see some kind of UFO uh, from this window? Now, to be honest, I don't really believe in UFOs. I think they're just a bit of a myth or something like that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I do see things flying across the sky and I think, what is that? Um, and, um, you know, in that sense, it is a UFO because UFO means unidentified flying object. It's something flying in the sky, you don't know what it is. That's why it's a UFO. So it doesn't mean it's aliens, it could just be a helicopter, but you don't, you don't, you know, realise that it's a helicopter, so you don't know what it is. But it's funny the way people believe in UFOs, you know, they think, well, I don't know what it is, therefore, it must be aliens which is very strange logic, really, when you think about it. Just that idea of, I don't know what it is, therefore it must be... Uh, I don't know what it is, therefore it must be this, which is crazy. And that applies to lots of thinking, actually. When people are faced with the unknown, uh, faced with something that they don't understand, or uh, something where they don't know what's going to happen next, they say, I don't know what that is, therefore it must be X, Y, and Z. You know, you, you would say something like, I don't know, what's a good example? Um, the, um, um, okay, I mean, some conspiracy theorists look at 9-11 and, um, and they say, like, I don't know how that happened, therefore, it must be a government's conspiracy, which doesn't make sense. Just because you don't know what it is doesn't mean that the only solution is the one idea you have. Doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, seeing a UFO and saying, I don't know what that is, therefore it's aliens from outer space, doesn't really make logical sense to me. Um, but a lot of people do believe in UFOs. A lot of people have very weird uh, beliefs, don't they? Um, you know, you get these people who are going to belong to these organisations, like they belong to sects, um, and um, they kind of have these odd beliefs, like they think that the the world is run by lizard people or something, shape-shifting lizards, which is pretty crazy. I, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe it's true, but I doubt it somehow. You know, you know, I don't think I'm too cynical. I like to give these ideas a chance, you know, that the world... I think maybe the world is genuinely run by quite a small group of people, like the heads of all the biggest corporations or maybe the heads of governments and stuff. In the end... You could probably put all of these most important people into a room together, but it doesn't therefore mean that they are plotting and scheming some kind of new world order where actually they're hiding the fact that uh, reptilian aliens actually rule the world. It's just mental, really. It's just another example of actually we don't really know um, about the powers in the world. We don't really know what they're doing or what kind of decisions are being made, but that doesn't then mean that they're all reptilian aliens. It's completely insane. Um, yeah, but to, to be honest, if I genuinely did see an alien spaceship, I would be blown away. I would be absolutely blown away. Um, but, you know, I, I believe in evidence. I don't want to believe in something unless there's some genuine evidence which makes me believe that that's the case. Because, you know, I believe in science and I believe in uh, evidence and reason and all those sorts of things. Um, so, but just speculating on this idea of a UFO, imagine if a UFO really did land in London. Because UFOs always seem to land in these places in the middle of nowhere, have you noticed? Like in the middle of America, in the Midwest. Why are all the UFOs landing there? 
You know, I mean, do they realize that those, those aren't the most intelligent people in the world? Those people in, in like middle America, in the, in the sort of the wild west or something. Those, those guys aren't really the people you need to be speaking to. I don't, I don't understand why the aliens don't land in Washington or why they don't land, you know, in another, you know, the EU. Why don't they land in Brussels, you know? Um, they always end up landing in some farm in the middle of nowhere. Maybe these aren't very intelligent aliens, who knows. But imagine if an alien did land in London, it would be amazing. Um, you know, I suppose the army would try and attack the, the UFO, wouldn't they try and blow it up? You know, they would just try and attack it and blow it up or something. You know, we'd be, th we'd be throwing grenades at it, trying to blow it up. The UFO, you know, if it got damaged, it might break down or something and end up crash landing in the River Thames, some crazy stuff like that. Um, who knows, maybe the alien would escape from the spaceship and sort of run down the mall and uh, break into Buckingham Palace, you know, like keep the Queen hostage or something. Um, I mean, I it's unlikely, it's unlikely to be honest, but um, we can but hope. We can hope that these things happen just to make life a bit more interesting. I think it would be amazing if an alien crash landed in the River Thames, escaped from the spaceship, managed to break into Buckingham Palace, held the Queen hostage, and then was like, as, you know, uh, killed by... Um, some kind of SWAT team sniper, you know, and then they uh, found uh, the spaceship and did lots of tests on it, and then the government managed to produce their own spaceship, which they then used to kind of travel through space and time. I think that would be quite interesting. And they say that the truth is stranger than fiction. Well, I don't believe that, because I can come up with fiction that's stranger than any true thing that's ever happened, like the idea of an alien crashing down, etc., etc. Um, hmm. But yeah, maybe the alien would be arrested. It wouldn't be assassinated. Maybe it would get arrested, be sent to prison or something, some high-security jail. But then, because it's clever, it would break out of prison and escape into London or something. Let's hope so, again, just because it would be interesting. It would, there would be some interesting stories in the news for a change. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? That was a weird uh, tangent that I went off on. But I'm still sitting here at the desk, of course, looking out across London, looking at the city and all that sort of thing, just thinking about the state of the economy and the, what's going on, because, you know, of course, uh, you know, um, the city of London, all the banks and everything, there's been very controversial things going on there with the debt crisis and stuff, and the fact that the Bank of England has bailed out the banks. Uh, that, actually, I just said bailed out. That's not one of the phrasal verbs on my list, but I'm going to write it down now anyway bailed out, they bailed out the banks, and um, you know there were lots of protests, lots of protesters demonstrating outside St. Paul's Cathedral, they were camping there, anti-capitalist protesters camping out um, by uh, St. Paul's Cathedral, camping out, there's another one, I didn't intend to say that, but it's quite good, camping out, and um, you know people were sort of wondering, oh what, is this going to be some sort of revolution like in the Middle East, are they going to try to... Uh, bring down the government or something, you know, and and um, I imagine some people were, some people who really hate the bankers and hate the current system were kind of thinking, yeah, bring it on, you know, bring it on, let's see that happening. But of course it's, you know, it's not the same situation it is as it is in the Arab-speaking world where there were, it seems, some genuine revolutions uh, during the last year or so. But uh, it's still it's still not uh, still not good over there in places like Libya where I think the army are in charge and other countries where uh, there's a lot of there are lots of problems and things in Syria I've talked about Syria before it's depressing um, so but here we are in London of course 
Um, the, we've got the, the, the Olympic Games coming up this year. I was talking about that with my brother recently. The Olympic Games, the government are spending millions and millions of pounds on this. Even though uh, we are in the middle of an economic crisis, uh, the government keeps cutting public spending, and yet they spend millions and millions of pounds on the Olympic project. Of course, the government expect that after the Olympics, all of this development will leave a legacy. Um, so in the east of London, in Stratford, uh, where they're developing the Olympic Village, um, all this money is being pumped in to improve the area. So in a sense, they're kind of reclaiming London, uh, making it uh, a lot more sort of commercially viable as an area, uh, a lot more productive in terms of revenue. So they're hoping to kind of build on the legacy of the Olympic Games by continuing to allow that area to become a kind of profitable commercial zone in the future. Um, which is kind of interesting, um, and um, I think the government are doing lots of uh, publicity in order to try and build up interest uh, around the Olympic Games. They want everyone to be really excited about it, to make it a big, successful public event. It could be very good for kind of the morale of people, you know, the kind of um, state of mind of everyone, the positivity. It could, it could be a really good celebration this year, and of course we've got the Queen's uh, Diamond Jubilee happening and there'll be a massive party in the centre of London uh, with like lots of rock stars playing a concert at Buckingham Palace and a big procession of boats on the river. It should be really impressive. Um, so that, that should be interesting. Uh, but London, yes, London, what a town it is. What a beautiful city. Um, it's not like Paris, of course. Paris is very well organised. It was designed by this man called Hausmann, uh, which I think is... Um, quite ironic really when you, when you think about it. He's the guy who designed all the streets and the buildings in Paris and his name was Houseman, Houseman. I mean, it's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, Houseman and he designed all the houses and stuff. I love that kind of irony. But London isn't really like that. London is just a collection of little towns all stuck together. So you've got loads of towns all together, all connected and it becomes like, in some cases, it feels like very villagey feels like you're in a village or something in some parts of London, but then <clears throat> when two towns connect together you get like a much bigger city, that's really what London's like, a collection of towns and villages all connected to each other. So it seems to be a lot more chaotic, a lot more disorganised, there are lots of old, really old buildings mixed in with um, more modern buildings, and there are lots of interesting little places and corners um, with their own little culture and atmosphere, it's really fantastic. It's the sort of place where you could be walking through um, somewhere, you might bump into an old friend and you could just go to some fantastic old pub on a street corner and just drink a few beers with an old friend. It's, um, it's fantastic, it really is. Um, so, you know, London, London, isn't it great? I wonder if they're going to get the Olympics ready in time. I mean, I expect they will. Um, they're spending enough money on it. But um, wouldn't it be a nightmare if they had to like call off the opening ceremony because they weren't ready? That, that would be a total national embarrassment if they had to call off the opening ceremony. Um, I expect a lot of people will get really involved in the celebrations. They might get carried away and kind of drink too much. It's typical of the English. Um, we tend to get carried away with these sorts of things and sort of drink a lot. But I imagine it should be quite peaceful um, and happy time really during the Olympics, unless of course uh, all of the, 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 the underground trains are packed and the streets are too crowded and the traffic is a nightmare, could be a 
could be a possibility. I wonder. I wonder what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, London, London. That's the, I guess that's becoming the topic of this episode, isn't it? Sort of a ABC of phrasal verb in London or something. Um, but um, I hope that you're. I hope you're keeping up with uh, all of this. I hope you're managing to follow what I'm saying. And uh, I wonder if you. I wonder how many phrasal verbs you've noticed. Um, you know, if you're if you're still kind of. Uh, you know, writing a list or something and you, you haven't caught them all, you know, you've got to try and catch up. Uh, don't slow down, catch up, because uh, I'm still using phrasal verbs. In fact, I used one just then, as a matter of fact. Um, so going back to this idea of uh, like British people drinking too much, uh, the police might have a lot of work to do during the Olympics. I know that they'll be looking out for these lone wolf terrorists and everything. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a threat that really is, but I expect that the police will also have to work pretty hard to control sort of people who are drinking, you know, or, or doing sort of uh, things they shouldn't be doing. I expect some people will get arrested and they'll be charged with, you know, drunken disorderly or behaviour or something. Um, but me, I suppose I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to go and, in, and get involved in the Olympics. I don't have any tickets and I live on the other side of London. Um, I might go and have a look, but I think I'm probably going to avoid it because it's going to be too crowded and uh, too difficult, so I'll probably just stay in and clean up my room and just chill out, um, you know, um, that sort of thing. Um, just catch up on, like, uh, sort of episodes of TV shows that I like. That sounds really sad, I'm just going to stay in during the Olympics. Actually, I don't think I will. I think I'll go out. I'll try and get involved in it somehow. Um, I think it would uh, be really interesting. I think also it would be interesting for visitors coming to London they might get a different view of the city. Um, they might realise that it's not the same as, as how they expected it to be. I think some people still expect London to be constantly raining, foggy, um, grey, uh, with people like Mr Bean wandering around and um, um, you know some sort of Victorian version of London. But that's not really what it's like anymore. It's an incredibly dynamic place and extremely metropolitan. There are people from all over the world living in this city. Um, you can get almost any kind of food that you want here. So if you love Japanese food, you can get all the sushi you want. If you're Turkish and you like your kebabs, you can get all of that stuff. Indian food, um, Iranian food, uh, Arabic food, Korean restaurants, um, all sorts of stuff. It's brilliant. It's brilliant for that. So still, people who haven't been here, they still cling to these stereotypes of London as a kind of old-fashioned Victorian place. I mean, there are lots of Victorian buildings, of course, but it's still, it's not really that traditional. It's quite a modern, modern kind of place. It's great to just wander through the streets of London without really having a plan and just kind of come across little cafes or pubs or little shops that you haven't discovered before. Um, it's really good. So I recommend if you haven't been to London, come over, come over to, to England, visit London, come round. Maybe come round and visit the school, uh, London School of English. You can have a cup of tea there. You can eat your lunch there as well if you want to. Just come over, you know. Um, I think it would be really good for our economy, of course. Um, so if you're in one of these countries where the economy is really strong at the moment, come over to London and bring some of your money as well and sort of spend it because it might help us uh, come through the recession which we're experiencing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so I, as I sit here looking out at the streets and the houses and the rooftops and, and skyscrapers of London, I sit here and I just come up with ideas, don't I? I just come up with ideas for podcasts 
and then I write them down, then I record them. And it allows you to really concentrate on your English when you listen to it. It's like listening to an episode of this is like having an energy drink for your English. It's like, um, it's like some sort of um, shot of adrenaline uh, for your English gland. Um, because it really does kind of uh, just give you that extra uh, ability to just focus and concentrate on English a little bit. And, uh, you know, people love it because a typical, so a typical episode might consist of interviews or vocabulary, accents, all kinds of things, uh, that, and stuff that you might not expect, little jokes and stuff. Um, so I recommend that you continue to listen to Luke Tingham's podcast, share the podcast with your friends so that everyone can contribute to the growing online community that is surrounding Luke's English podcast. Um, so, yeah, I tend to record these episodes using uh, either a handheld uh, audio recorder uh, or I use a desktop microphone. The desktop microphone is a bit better, but the handheld one is a little bit easier. And that one um, records into WAV, W-A-V uh, format. And I put it into my computer and I convert the, <coughs> I convert the audio file into MP3 before I put it into GarageBand, where I edit all of the episodes of Luke's English Podcast before they get published on the internet. Um, I just remember the days, back in the days, before we had MP3s and things, and that's when I had all my music on CD. Um, not too long ago, but still, it's, it's still a bit old-fashioned now to have everything on CD. And I remember I used to sit in my room with my CD player, and I would have all of my CDs out, because I'd listen to all the music, so I'd my desk would be covered in CDs, and I'd be like listening to them all, making recordings, making tapes for my friends. Um, now, of course, everything's on MP3, and it means it's easily shared over the internet, which is kind of a problem for the music industry uh, because um, all of this privacy, all of this uh, piracy, uh, affects CD sales and things. Um, so, you know, the police in some places really crack down on uh, piracy. And there are websites, for example, on the internet where you can share music and movies free. But uh, the government, particularly the FBI, really crack down on that kind of illegal file sharing. Uh, it's an interesting situation with this uh, on the internet at the moment. Um, and um, yeah, there's lots of changes, lots of changes going on. Particularly in the UK, as, as of course, as I was saying about the recession, the government is, um, uh, do, is cutting back on public spending a lot. Um, which kind of means that public services get uh, uh, reduced and things like that. Um, who knows? Uh, I don't know if we come out of the recession, we should be all right, but who knows if we don't survive, who knows what will happen. Maybe the government will cut off the electricity supply and we'll all be plunged into darkness. Right, now that's it. I've just been through there, in that sort of bit of speech there, I just went through loads of phrasal verbs. I wonder if you noticed them. Well, now I'm going to list them all. They were pretty much in this order that I'm going to list them in. So I'm going to list all of the phrasal verbs now. I'm going to give you sort of example sentences. And I'll give you a chance to repeat the example sentence after I say it. Okay, so the first one was to account for something. To account for something. To account for something. And I think I said, um, I don't remember what, what the example was. Um, I, I, I guess what I could do is, if I open the window here, I could give you an example, which is like London's a very busy, London's a very busy city, which really accounts for all the noise that you can hear. So if I open the window, you can probably hear the noise from outside. So, 
London's a very busy city, which accounts for all of the noise that you can hear of cars and traffic. So, close the window again. We can get some peace and quiet. So if something accounts for something else, it's like uh, the reason for something. So London's busy, and that accounts for the noise. Okay. Um, so it's, it explains that something is is uh, the cause of something else. Okay. So you might say, um, I've been drinking too much coffee, which accounts for my poor sleeping patterns at the moment. For example. All right. So to account for something. So you might say. Uh, 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 the government has cut back on public spending, which accounts for the um, loss of uh, so many jobs in the public sector, for example. Okay? The next one was to act on something, to act on something, for example, to act on an idea. And I believe I said that, you know, I sit here, I get inspiration, I get ideas, and then I act on those ideas by recording a podcast. So to act on something is to actually do something in response to something else that's happened. And it's very common to say, to act on an idea. Um, so I had an idea and I acted on it. So after having the idea, I actually did something as a result. Uh, so I, I acted on the idea. Um, agree with, well, that's what everyone knows, of course, to agree with something. I agree with you, uh, I don't agree with you, I disagree with you, for example. Um, a common mistake that learners of English often make, particularly if you're from... Uh, somewhere like France or Spain or Italy, Brazil, if you speak Portuguese. It's very common for people to say, I am agree, but that's wrong. I am agree, it should be I agree. And I am not agree, which is wrong, should be I don't agree. Uh, that's one of the most common mistakes I hear, actually. In fact, I think I've already mentioned that mistake in a previous episode, uh, the one which was about common errors. So if you want to find out more about common mistakes, Go back to my episode about common errors and typical mistakes and you'll find loads and loads of useful stuff there. Um, next one was to appeal to. Um, this podcast really appeals to lots of different people. The podcast appeals to lots of different people. Now, if you've watched my video, which is 16 ways to say I like it, then you'll, rem uh, you'll remember that I say living in Hawaii really appeals to me. Uh, so if something appeals to you, it means it sounds good, it sounds like a good idea to you. It sounds like something you'd like or you'd want to do. So living in Hawaii really appeals to me. Um, the next one was to back someone up. To back someone up. And if you back someone up, it means you support them. So it's great to know that uh, uh, my, all of my listeners really back me up and they vote for me. Um, base on. I think I missed base on. I don't think I used it. But you could say... Um, a lot of the episodes of Luke's English Podcast are based on my experiences or based on my thoughts. Um, typically, you would say, you'd see at the beginning of a movie, based on a true story. Uh, but in the movies, they're, they're rarely um, that true. If it says based on a true story, it just means it's very loosely based. But there was something of a true story at the beginning. But now the movie you're going to watch has got actually nothing to do with that original story. So anyway, based on... Uh, these podcasts are often based on my experiences or my ideas. This this book is based on a true story. Um, begin with, begin with. I said each podcast begins with a, uh, a jingle. Each podcast begins with a jingle. That means the first thing you get in a podcast is a jingle. Um, okay. 
Um, but I thought I would highlight now some other expressions with begin. So we've got begin with, uh, the podcast begins with a jingle. My presentation is going to begin with a question, for example. But we also say begin by doing something. And that would be, for example, in a presentation. Today I'm going to begin by asking you a question. I'm going to begin by asking you a question. Um, you wouldn't say, I'm going to begin with asking you a question. But the, po uh, the presentation is going to begin with a question. I am going to begin by doing something. Meaning that's the first thing I'm going to do. And the other one is to begin to do something. Um, so that would be, I'm going to, um, I'll begin to do the presentation. And that just means start doing the presentation. Right? Um, another one was believe in something. Right? Do you believe in UFOs? Do you believe in UFOs? Do you believe in UFOs? Um, and uh, obviously we know that means that you think that they exist or that you, you think that they're true or right. Uh, belong to, I said to belong to a sect. And if, if you belong to something, it means you're part of that group, for example. I've got a joke actually, which I'm gonna tell you. Um, I don't guarantee that it's gonna be funny, but nevertheless, I'm gonna tell it anyway. And the joke is, why are, why, all right, let me think. Um, why, hmm, why can't ants go to church? Why can't ants go to church? Now, I'm gonna to have to explain this because you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Ants, ants are these little insects, black little insects, they walk in, in lines and they like to collect leaves and things, ants. Why can't ants go to church? And the answer is because they're insects. Yeah, that's right, insects. So that's a joke because insects is a, you know, it's a type of animal, insect. And insects means that they're in these weird little groups that have strange beliefs. Ah, hilarious. Take that joke away and just you know, flush it down the toilet probably is the best idea. Or take that joke away and tell it to your friends and you can uh, confuse and alienate them as well. Um, so next is uh, blow away. If I saw a UFO, I would be blown away. If you're blown away, it means you're really amazed or surprised. Oh my God, I was blown away. I saw a UFO, I was absolutely blown away by it. Um, blow up, blow up means explode. You know, blow up. So if the army attacked the UFO, maybe it would blow up. Um, break down, like the, my car broke down on the motorway, it was a nightmare. Uh, maybe the UFO would break down, so you know. That sort of thing. That's the sound of a UFO breaking down if you didn't uh, realize that. Um, break into, so to break into a building, that would be to enter a building um, without permission by sort of damaging a window or damaging a door. So a burglar would break into your house to steal your TV. Don't worry, I don't, uh, you know, it's, it's quite rare these days. Um, yes, so to break into, I said the alien might break into Buckingham Palace. Uh, hopefully, might be interesting. Break out, that, was, that would be where you managed to escape from something, like if you've been locked in, so you would break out of prison, for example. Um, break up, uh, break up, well, a, you know, a boyfriend and girlfriend would break up if they had an argument and they decided they didn't want to be together anymore, they would break up. Um, bring down the government, to bring down the government. If there's a revolution, all of the people kind of get together and they, they get rid of the government and so the government falls down and they you know, introduce a new government. So they bring down the government. 
Um, bring down also can mean another thing. It can mean to make you depressed. It's like, you know, oh man, stop telling me those things. You're bringing me down, man. Um, it's meaning you're making me depressed. Don't bring me down, man, with your heavy ideas, man. I don't know why I'm acting like a hippie, because it's not just hippies who say, dude, you're like totally bringing down my vibe already. Although they wouldn't say already at the end. You're like, dude, dude, that was like a heinous story. It totally broke, it totally brought down my mood. Um, yeah, that's my bad attempt at doing a hippie's voice. Uh, bring, you know, don't bring me down, man. You're such a bummer, man. Such a bad trip, dude. Okay, so bring on, bring it on, bring it on. That means like I'm ready to, I'm ready to do it. Uh, and, you know, when you're ready to, ready for a challenge, bring the challenge on, bring it on. Uh, to build on something, so that would be to, let's say, you've already achieved something and you achieve something else uh, on top. So you build on your success. You might say, for example, Manchester United are hoping to build on the, uh, the five-point lead which they've established in the opening part of the season, um, that kind of thing. Uh, build up um, means sort of uh, increase or gather. Build up an interest in Luke's English podcast. Or uh, the government wants to build up uh, people's interest in the Olympics. Uh, bump into, you might bump into an old friend if you're walking through the streets of London. That means you just meet someone by accident. You just meet them by coincidence. I bumped into my friend Mike the other day and we went for a couple of pints. Um, he kept buying me pints and pints and pints and he just, we just drank and we drank it like nine pints of, of Guinness. I was absolutely wasted. I got on the underground and I, was, I felt so sick. I had to jump out at White City Station. I threw up all over the platform. It was disgusting. That's what happens when you bump into old friends in London sometimes. You end up on some binge drinking bender where you just stuff loads of Guinness in your, in your mouth and then you end up like being really sick. It's ridiculous. I don't know why we do it, to be honest. We're just crazy in this city without beer drinking and stuff. I don't recommend it. If you're in a country where you can't get beer, don't worry about it. It's not that bad. It just makes you fat, makes you unhealthy, it makes you feel sick and makes you act like an idiot. So you're not missing much if you, if you can't get the beer over there. Um, whoa, okay, what's next? Bump into an old friend. Okay, call off. They, they, you know, it, wouldn't it be embarrassing if they had to call off the opening ceremony of the Olympics? So to call something off means to cancel an event. Uh, you might say, I'm gonna, I need to call off the meeting, for example, to call something off. Get carried away. Get carried away. That's when, for example, someone gets too excited and they go too far. Um, so, you know, during the celebrations, a lot of people will be drinking and they'll get carried away. It means they'll get, like, overexcited, uh, for example. Um, another example would be, uh, okay, let's say, for example, if I took my brother to the shooting range. I go to a shooting range sometimes where I, can, where I shoot guns at a target. And I think if I took my brother along, he would start shooting the guns, like, you know, really fast. I'd be like, all right, calm down. Don't get carried away. It's dangerous. Don't get carried away. Uh, to catch up, catch up with a friend, that's where you meet a friend and, you, and they tell you all of the, the recent news, so they update you on their recent news to catch up with someone. Um, the police might charge you with a crime if you get arrested, so to, to be charged with something, or if the police charge someone with something, it means that they uh, accuse them, officially accuse them of committing a crime and then they have to go to court after that. Uh, clean up, obviously just means make something clean. 
clean up your room, clean up your kitchen, for example. Cling to, cling to, that's C-L-I-N-G, cling to. And that's like to hold on to something very tight. For example, the baby monkey clings to its mother's back, you know, that kind of thing. Or uh, the little boy was nervous, so he clung to his mother's leg, that sort of thing. Or um, people tend to cling to um, these stereotypes of English behaviour, you know. Um, this cling to stereotypes of London. Come across. Oh, another example of cling to would be if your boat sinks. You know, the boat sank and lots of people were in the water clinging to pieces of wood. Right? So it just means holding on to something for your life. You know, holding on for your life. Um, come along means just um, come, come to something. Come along, you know. I'm having a party, why don't you come along? Um, meaning come to the party. Come round is the same thing come around to the school, come around to my house, it means visit. Um, come through might be to kind of um, go through a difficult period. So England is coming through a recession, or I went through, I came through a really bad time in my life, for example. Uh, to come up with, come up with an idea. Um, I just sit here and I look out at London and I come up with ideas. It means to think of an idea or to invent an idea. I came up with a really good idea. Uh, I came up with a really good idea for the podcast. Concentrate on something. Obviously, that just means to focus on it, to put all your attention on that thing, to concentrate on it. So, listening to Luke's English podcast allows me to concentrate on my English really carefully. Um, let's see what else. Consist of. Consist of. So that means it contains these things. So. Uh, a cake consists of sugar and flour and, and eggs and other ingredients, right? And, and an episode of Luke's English Podcast consists of interviews and talking and vocabulary and pronunciation. Um, contribute to. That means that you kind of give things to or provide things to something. Like you might contribute money to charity or if there's a team of people working on a project, if you do lots of good work, you really contribute to the project. Um, and sometimes people contribute to episodes of Luke's English podcast with ideas and suggestions, for example. And if you send in your messages and things, you can contribute to the growing online community of Luke's English podcast. To convert something into something else. To convert something. That means to change something into a different format. For example, you can convert a WAV file into an MP3 file, for example. Or you might convert, let's see... You might convert a car into a boat. I don't know why you would do that, but it's possible if you insulate the car and put an engine in the right place and give it a, an outboard motor or something, you might convert a, convert a car into a boat. I don't know why I came up with that example, but you know, it was just the best thing I could think of at the time. Um, it's the sort of thing they would do in Top Gear. You know that TV program where they drive cars and stuff? They have crazy challenges. They might have to convert a car into a boat and like sort of travel across the English Channel or something. It's the sort of thing they would do. Um, convert. So to be covered in something. To be covered in something. That's where the surface of something has lots of other things all over it. So my table when I was younger was covered in CDs, right? To crack down on something. This is when the police um, sort of... Um, Hmm. The police work harder in order to try and stop some crime. So the police are cracking down on gun crime. 
That means that police officers are going out into the street, they're arresting more people, and they're searching for guns, and they're, tr they're focusing on gun crime with extra effort. So they're cracking down on gun crime. Okay, the police crack down on gun crime. The government are cracking down on internet piracy, for example. Cut back on something. Uh, the governments are cutting back on public spending. That means that they're doing less of it, they're reducing it. They're cutting back on public spending. Uh, cut off. To be cut off, it means to be disconnected. So if you're on the telephone, you're saying, yeah, well, you know, I think, John, we need to arrange a meeting. It's a Hello, John. Hello. Hello, John. Oh, damn, I think we got cut off. To get cut off. Um, or, you know, the government might cut off the electricity uh, if we run out of money. It's unlikely, to be honest. Um, so, uh, I hope it doesn't happen. Because if that does happen, then goodbye to Luke's English podcast, isn't it? If there's no more electricity. So, that's it. That's the end of this episode. Um, do feel free to send me a donation. I get very few donations, to be honest. A couple um, every month. Just a few things. It's, um, it's, it's pretty much enough to allow me to pay for uh, the service. But I do rely on them to pay for costs. So do send in a few donations. Otherwise, Luke's English Podcast might get cut off. And we don't want that to happen, do we? No, we don't. Let me remind you of the competition rules again. Um, you have to uh, prepare two minutes of audio. That's two minutes of you speaking uh, in an audio file, MP3, uh, in a response to one of my episodes of Luke's English Podcast. So maybe if you listen to the episode about men and women, and you had something to say about women drivers, or you had something to say about the way men are stupid and women are crazy or something, then you can record two minutes of audio, send it to me, I'll put all of these things into an episode, and then I'll allow everyone out there to vote which is their favourite one. And that doesn't just mean the best English, I mean which is the one that you liked the most. Okay, so I look forward to receiving your uh, audio responses, and um, remember the closing date for that will be the 10th of April. And that's uh, exactly one month from uh, the publication date of this episode. So I'm really looking forward to receiving your responses. Don't forget you can email me, luketeacher at hotmail.com. Thanks very much for all your tweets and all your emails and Facebook messages and comments and things. Um, you're the best. That's it for this episode. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project 
possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.